This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. And uh, what a, well, it's been an interesting weekend, to say the least, with uh, the local racing scene and the weather and everything been going on, and uh, that's a little bit what I want to talk about today. A wide open first segment here on the program. I got a bunch of, I don't know, little news and notes, topics to kind of sound off on here during the opening segment, but... uh, Love to hear from you, too. 803-0551-888-550-2550. We got wide open phone lines here for this opening segment. Uh, no guests, so uh, plenty of time to hear from you, race fans, on anything going on in the world of motorsports. Again, 803-0550. You can also tweet us at uh, FastTrack550 and our Facebook page, too, facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack. We do have one guest, though, coming up on the program this morning, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, my good buddy Clinton Jeffrey from the Ashwikan Speedway is going to join us. They've got a huge show over the next two nights, uh, Monday night and Tuesday night at the Ashwikan Speedway, uh, which is just over the border in Canada, um, kind of near Hamilton, uh, but south of Hamilton in the Six Nations area there of Ontario. Uh, it's not that far of a drive, and it's a pretty uh, easy way to get there. But they've got a huge show the next two nights as Tony Stewart, Rico Abreu, and Christopher Bell are going to be in town. And uh, they're going to be racing there Monday and Tuesday night in 360 sprint cars, along with probably a huge field of sprint cars as well, too. And they've got two separate shows uh, over the next two nights at Ash Weekend. So we're going to talk to Clinton Jeffrey about that at the bottom of the hour. And uh, then we'll have the local racing roundup. And uh, that's what we got on tap here for this morning's program. But again, this opening segment, uh, phone line's wide open for you. Anything going on in the world of motorsports. As Mike mentioned in the update, we do have NASCAR in action today. The Monster Energy Cup Cup Series in Loudon, New Hampshire for some lobster in racing. As uh, the, what are they they calling the race today? I don't even (laughs) know. Uh, The, uh, where is it? There we go. The Foxwood Resort Casino 301 at Loudon, New Hampshire. Uh, green flag just after 3 o'clock this afternoon here on WGR. Uh, the Performance Racing Network, Doug Rice and company, will have the call uh, right here on WGR this afternoon. Brad Keselowski is on the poll. Kyle Busch will join him in row number one. Kurt Busch, fresh off his win in Kentucky, will start in the second row alongside Eric Jones, uh, who has been fast in practice this weekend. Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex in row three. Matt Benedetto, good qualifying performance for him. And Joey Logano alongside in row four. Eric Almirola, nice qualifying performance for him, and Jimmy Johnson in row five. Uh, elsewhere, you got Chase Elliott in uh, starting 12th. You got Daniel Suarez, who was in town this week. Daniel Suarez was in uh, Buffalo, I think it was Monday, uh, kind of like last year with Clint Boyer. The folks from Watkins Glen brought Daniel to town and toured the uh, new era field facilities, the Buffalo Bills, and uh, Daniel got a Bills jersey and tried on some helmets and checked out the weight room and just got a tour of the facility, and he was on with 
uh, Murph and Steve Tasker on One Bills Live here in WGR on Monday afternoon. So, uh, of course, uh, the great tie-in with Daniel in the Western New York is Daniel lived here in Western New York for a few months when he first came to America to start his career in the NASCAR K&NE series. Uh, he drove for Troy Williams, who's a locally-based car owner. Uh, Troy worked with a number of Mexican drivers. And uh, so Daniel came to Buffalo, stayed with Troy, uh, I believe down in Southern Erie County, and got to experience uh, February in Western New York. And that's always a fun story he tells when he comes to town uh, that I'm sure is in our uh, on-demand audio on WGR550.com if you want to hear more from Daniel. Uh, He will start 13th today. Kevin Harvick, his teammate, starts 14th. Uh, Kyle Larson and Clint Boyer are in row eight, although I believe Kyle Larson's got to go to a backup car. A handful of drivers actually do. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, other notable names, Denny Hamlin qualified 23rd, but I think he's got to go to a backup car. Uh, Ryan Priest qualified 28th. Alex Bowman blew the drive shaft on his qualifying attempt, and he will start dead last. He has to anyway. Uh, again, handful of drivers going to backup cars, including Larson, uh, Hamlin, and Bowman is on his third car of the weekend, actually. it's a uh, He damaged the first car Friday in practice, went to the backup car, uh, hit the wall with that one uh, yesterday in practice, so they had to go to the 48 team and Jimmy Johnson, and they had to borrow a backup car from the 48 team. And it's a funny story how they were trying to prep this car uh, for Bowman. Uh, of course, Alex Bowman's main sponsor is Exalta, a paint company, an auto paint company. Um, used to be it's the part of the DuPont company that kind of uh, branched off, and that's how it went from DuPont to Exalta, sponsoring the 24 car a handful of years ago. So they paint their cars instead of vinyl wrapping them. They still do vinyl for, like, the numbers and the sponsor graphics, but they don't do a full wrap. So they had to find a car that was painted because it would probably mess with their setups and everything. So, like, they couldn't take a car from Chase Elliott's team uh, because all of Chase's cars are wrapped. So Jimmy Johnson's team, luckily their cars are painted as well, too. So they scraped all the 48 decals and uh, all of Jimmy's sponsor decals off, and now they've put the 88 decals on, on the car but it's a black car instead of a blue car because it's painted and they didn't have the they they couldn't repaint the car in time the base of the car in time so instead of uh the blue uh traditional dark blue 88 usually see from Alex Bowman it'll be a black car today just because they had to borrow the backup car from Jimmy Johnson because Bowman again on his third car of the weekend so again a couple of drivers uh will be in backup cars and having to fall to the rear of the field today uh but that is uh today's race again coming up at three o'clock here on WGR and I'll, I'll admit this this part of the schedule in the Cup Series, um, this this it's traditional. I, it's hard for me to to have focus at, at this part of the season. I mean, you know, I get wrapped up in everything you do. I do with local racing, and it's just an uninteresting part of the season. Really, the stretch. I mean, you get into June and July. I mean, Sonoma's always interesting to watch because it's a road course race. Chicago and Day- Daytona, usually it's a Saturday night. I'm at a race anyway, so I usually just watch it on the DVR. Kentucky didn't do anything for me, although the finish was obviously great. But again, another track I'm not really keen on watching. Today at New Hampshire, the New Hampshire weekend, I'm usually more interested in the modified races than the cup race. And then Pocono next weekend, again, Pocono, not a lot of great exciting racing. Luckily, we got Watkins Glen coming up in a couple of weeks, and that'll get me back into it, I guess. But this stretch of the schedule uh, is definitely uh, probably my least favorite part of the season for a number of reasons. Again, some not-so-interesting tracks and just a busy time of year in general, too. And uh, so it, it's hard for me to focus. If I wasn't doing the show, I don't even know how, how much I would uh, be really tuned into it. Um, if I didn't have to host their show on Sunday mornings and talk about it. 
but uh, it's just like the not it's definitely my my least favorite part of the uh, cup schedule this kind of summer swing every year and uh i mean next year they'll be a little bit different I mean, because you'll get the doubleheader at Pocono in July, and Indianapolis will now be that 4th of July weekend race, but still, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, I keep a little more interest next season, but again, it's just kind of hard to get into it when it's, you know, the some of the racing is just going to be not super exciting. That's what I'm afraid of today at Loud, unfortunately, with the Aero package. We'll see. I know they've coated that place in uh, Traction Compound, PJ1, whatever you want to call it, trying to improve the racing. We'll see how it happens. Uh, luckily, the modified races were good this weekend. And, uh, you know, uh, speaking of the modified races, Patrick Emerling from Orchard Park, he won the modified all-star race on Friday and uh, had a shot to win the regular series um, NASCAR modified tour race yesterday until uh, John McKennedy put him in the wall with about 30 laps to go. Uh, so tough break for Patrick and the L2 Autosport team for trying to sweep the weekend. Ronnie Silk wound up winning that race over... Doug Kobe and Chase Dowling. Tommy Catalano finished ninth. A uh, good top 10 run for Tommy after winning the uh, Race of Champions Series event at Jucasa the weekend before. But usually the New Hampshire weekend, that's what I get more concerned or more interested for is the modified race. So luckily we were able to watch those on Fans Choice TV this weekend and enjoy those. And hopefully we'll get uh, a good cup race this weekend. But uh, I'm, I'm not too... I won't be surprised if uh, the the passing will be very difficult today for the cup cars there at Loudoun, New Hampshire. Uh, another NASCAR thing worth mentioning, and I, I've really mad at myself that I didn't mention this last week, but Stuart Friesen, of, of course, from Niagara Lake on the Lake Ontario, a regular in the uh, Gander Outdoors Truck Series uh, with uh, the Hallmar Racing Team and Chris Larson and his crew chief, Trip Bruce, and their last race at Kentucky uh, last weekend uh, started out as a rough day for Stu Stewart and the 52 team. They actually had their primary truck confiscated by NASCAR. Uh, they were going through pre-qualifying or pre-race inspection, and NASCAR saw something in the floorboard or firewall. I heard a couple of different areas that they might have been looking at, but they took the truck away from them, and they had to go to a backup truck because NASCAR saw something they didn't like. And uh, luckily, though, this guess it kind of had a, a, a happy ending for Stewart and the 52 team. He went out and finished second in the race that night, luckily, with the backup truck, uh, which is great. His fourth straight top five and uh, five out of his last six starts in the truck series, he's finished in the top five. But the even greater news maybe came out early this week when it turned out the 52 team is not going to be penalized further. No points, uh, no kind of crew chief suspensions. I don't think any fines either, but definitely the points was the huge thing because there was uh, Bob Parker, some other media members saying it could be up to a 40-point fine based on an L1 penalty. Usually that's what happens when you get a vehicle confiscated by NASCAR, which doesn't happen all that much, by the way. Luckily, no points and fractions for Stewart because he's going to need all the help he gets to try and make the truck playoffs this year because it is getting uh, very tight in the truck series playoffs. They only take eight drivers, and of course it's the same thing as as like the Cup Series, if you win, you're in the playoffs as long as you're in the top 20 in points. So while Stewart is sitting second in points, there's been five race winners not named Kyle Busch this year in the Truck Series, and four of those guys are sitting, uh, actually all, well, all five are sitting below him in the point settings, but especially four of them are you know outside the, the playoff ranks, so they're going to be bumped into the playoff field. So he's, Stewart is second in points. Uh, he's just behind Grant Infinger, um, by 34 points, who leads the point series. You got Brett Moffitt in third, who's got a win. Matt Crafton is fourth. And then that's the cutoff for guys in on points because you've got Austin Hill, Johnny Sauter, Tyler Ankrum, who won in Kentucky last weekend for his first career win, and Ross Chastain, who we've talked about here on the show over the last couple of weeks, 
they've all got wins, so they're in. So that's that's your that'll be your eight drivers. Say if the playoff series started, the playoffs started today in the truck series. So on the outside looking in, you got guys like Harrison Burton and Ben Rhodes and Todd Gilden and Sheldon Creed and some of these young truck series drivers who are some really good equipment, especially Burton and Gillen. Those are KBM trucks who uh, are, you know, are going to be trying to make their way into the playoffs. So had Stewart lost 40 points, let's say, if, if that was the penalty, he had 508. It would have dropped him to 468, and that would have put him on the bubble uh, for the final playoff spot uh, on points, and that would put him would have put him 20 ahead of Harrison Burton. Now, of course, we still got a few races to go until the Truck Series does start their playoffs, so if Burton won or Ben Rhodes won or Gillen won, that'll continue to bump guys out. And really, it is feasible that seven drivers in the Truck Series could get in on a win, and the only driver that might make it in on points in the Truck Series would be the points leader because if you are the regular season champion, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. So Stuart Friesen, main, he almost be in a, despite being second in points this late in the season, uh, it might be a must-win situation for him, which is is kind of weird how that would work out. But uh, he he might need a, a must you know a must win here for Stuart uh, in the remaining races uh, in the Truck Series. Um, you know, obviously he's been close. You know, as I said, his uh, you know his nice run of top five finishes here over the last few weeks, but. Really, he may still need to be in a must situation, especially if he has a bad week here, because uh, the margin for error, margin for error in the points, uh, it, it, there's not a lot of room. Now, luckily for Stewart, uh, what's left here in the regular season, they'll be part of the action next week in Pocono, and then that following Thursday is Eldora, which we know dirt track. So you know Stewart Friesen has had some great runs there. Almost won it a couple of times. Had a uh, mechanical issues took him out a couple of years ago. So he's almost won that race. So if he's going to get a win, that would be the spot. And then the last regular season race for the trucks is Michigan, which is the weekend after Watkins Glen, August the 10th. And then they go into the truck series playoffs. So he's only got three more races to hang on. And one of those is Eldora. So hopefully either he'll continue his run of good finishes, he'll get a win somewhere here, possibly at Eldora. But uh, it's uh, it's been uh, an interesting uh, couple of weeks for Stuart Friesen, and uh, uh, just glad that the team didn't get any points uh, taken away from that infraction, whatever it was, uh, last weekend in Kentucky. I did pick up, by the way, uh, Stuart Friesen. Luckily, his wife, Jessica, they have a very successful T-shirt company, company 1ZTs, and so they do all their own T-shirts. And Stuart's got a new one out right now. They've been doing these uh, fun little themes this year with uh, the modified and the truck and all these themes. Uh, they've been putting out different shirts throughout the season. And the, the most recent one is on the back of the shirt. It's got the 52 truck, but it's also got a white, uh, almost like a Ford Bronco and SUV with a big R spray painted on the side of it. And it harkens back to when Stewart would drive the Packer truck around Ransomville Speedway as a kid uh, growing up with his, his family owning the facility for so many years as they did. So uh, definitely to pick that up with uh, working at Ransomville, and it's a neat shirt. I don't know if they still have any in, uh, in stock, but that's uh, over at 1ZTs.com is uh, the website to check out Stewart's merchandise. Um, if you if you don't uh, if you aren't able to catch him at a truck race or uh, of course on the Super Dirt Car Series, which he still runs a lot of races in, uh, hopefully he'll be up this way. Uh, actually, the week after Eldora, he'll hopefully be up this way for the two Super Dirt Car Series events uh, at Merrittville and then the Summer Nationals at Ranceville, which is the Tuesday after the Eldora Truck Race, and uh, I'm sure. Uh, actually, Stewart will probably have the modified with him down at Eldora because the the big block modifieds are also back on the scheduled Eldora this year as part of the uh, supporting classes 
for the truck race down there at the Eldora Speedway the first week of August, which is a week later than it's traditionally been. Usually it's it's since it, its inception had been this week coming up in July, but they moved it ahead uh, one week this year on the truck series schedule. Again, 803-0551-888-552-550, just kind of sounding off on a bunch of topics and news and notes. And, and of course, the weather has been a, a, pardon the pun, hot topic this weekend. And uh, it's going to be hot at New Hampshire today for the cup race. Temperatures probably going to be into the low 90s. And, of course, all across the country this weekend, including here in western New York, I don't think it was as, didn't feel as bad as maybe uh, the, some of the warnings for heat indices were from the National Weather Service. Uh, with that, uh, some short tracks across the area, uh, in across the country, I should say, including a couple in central New York, uh, Brewerton Speedway was one of them. Uh, I think Fulton was the other one, uh, canceled their racing this weekend because of the heat. And uh, I found that uh, not surprising because it has happened in the past. It's not the first time it's ever happened, but uh, it, it still is surprising. And it, it's for a number of reasons. I mean, you got to obviously safety of drivers and crew members and track officials and fans. Obviously, that that's part of it. And the drivers, you know, they're just like an NASCAR driver strapped into that race car in a fire suit, but they probably don't have cool suits and cool boxes and all the little gadgets and gizmos some of the NASCAR drivers do to keep cool in a race car. Luckily, they aren't spending three hours inside the car buckled in, maybe hour to an hour and a half, two hours maybe at most buckled into that car. So it's not as bad, but still, they have they probably don't have some of the gadgets the, the drivers at the top levels do to stay cool. So that's one aspect is keeping everybody safe, and I get that, and uh, I get you know I, I get the reasoning behind it, but it's it's kind of a tough decision to make if you're running a racetrack. I guess there's a couple of ways to look at it. Obviously, the fans too is a huge part. Um, I think racers will race no matter what the conditions. If it's as long as it's not too life threatening, a racer a race car driver will race if you're open. And uh, they've got a car, they're going to show up. But it's the fans, obviously, they got to get in the front gate as well, too, to ha- help pay, pay the bills. And while maybe not so, I don't know, 50, 40, 50, 60 years ago, um, fan, people these days are, are much more uh, used to their creature comforts and you know probably don't mind sitting at home in their air-conditioned house because they've got you know HD televisions and iPads and all that fun stuff. And the, you know the typical... Discussions we have about attendance and trying to get fans to come out to the racetrack because of all the modern technology at home on top of air conditioning on a hot day like we had this weekend. But at the running a racetrack, it's so much harder than some people on the Internet think or running a race promotion. But not only do you got to weigh having the fans come out, but also you've got to look at other things, too. If you cancel that night, there's you know VIP sponsorships. you got to rebook all that. Um, you, you know, if you've rented out your VIP suites for that night, you've got to find uh, nights for them to make that up. If you had some kind of ticket promotion, you've got to reschedule that. If you have a special event, you've got to reschedule that. And then on top of it, if you look at here in Western New York and a lot of the Northeast, rain has took out a lot of the first half of the season. So do you want to lose another race on a day where you can race because it's not raining, but are you you gotta you gotta weigh the options? Do you run the race because you need to get it in, or do you cancel it because you think the heat is so bad it's either unsafe for your drivers or fans to be outside, or you just don't think the fans are going to show up because of the heat? And that's a strange, not strange, but it's a it's a very difficult decision to make. A lot of options you gotta weigh. So I think uh, at least here in our 
direct region, western New York, southern Ontario. None of the tracks canceled due to heat this weekend. A couple did get rained out, unfortunately. Uh, I think the tracks in our area, in my opinion, at least without looking at those tracks, grandstands, how it how it fared out for them, was the right decision to run because I don't think, at least here, again, I'm sure farther inland, away from the lakes, it was a lot a lot steamier. But uh, all the tracks that ran this weekend, I think, made the right call. And again, without seeing their grandstands or their car counts or anything, maybe, you know, maybe if business decision, if once the numbers come in, maybe it was a bad decision, I guess. But uh, it didn't seem like uh, now that we have the ability of hindsight that it, the, with the heat and everything, it worked out uh, that it wasn't. It was okay for people to be outside to watch the racing this weekend. But it's a very difficult decision, and I think people like to sound off on the internet thinking they know everything. And I think there's a lot more into running a racetrack or running a race promotion that I don't even know that so many people don't take into consideration. They think they can just, you know, open the gates and and everything will be just fine. And there's just so much that goes into that decision and so much you have to take into account when making the decision to cancel an event. And again, with here, with so many races lost early in the season, you can't, if you need, if you've got to get it in at some point, or you just get a logjam of events that are getting postponed and everything. And we don't, we've only got such a finite window here in this region to, to run our local racing season. It's not like in other parts of the country where they could run almost 12 months out of the year. And some places they do, and then other places like Florida and the Southwest, they actually take the summer off from racing because it gets so hot in those regions. And they run, you know, from January to April or May, and then probably pick back up in September or October and run straight through to the holidays. Uh, here we've got, if we're lucky, mid-April to about mid-October, and that's about it. So we've got such a finite window, and that's the other thing you got to kind of take into account uh, with just getting these events in. Now, if it's a weekly track that has tried to run every week from late April, mid-May, and they go on right to the end of September, and if the weather had been good at the start of the year and we had, if you hadn't lost three, four, five races, then maybe it's not such a bad thing to take a night off in the middle of the summer because really, from my experience just being around short tracks, when there is a long stretch of races and it does get very hot, and if you have not had a rain out in a few weeks, uh, that's one of those nights where tempers seem to flare up really quickly between drivers, and I've seen it. I mean, a, a few years ago, it, I think we had a we had a really hot summer. I think Ransomville specifically had a stretch run of no rainouts or like eight, ten weeks in a row without a rainout, and it was getting hot in the middle of the summer, and it didn't take much for tempers to flare among drivers. So, it, you know, if, if you've got enough races finished behind you and you haven't had too many cancellations, maybe it's not such a bad thing to take a week off in the middle of the summer Again, if it's too hot or, uh, you know, or if it does look like threatening thunderstorms, then it's not so bad if you need to take the nut off. Because sometimes I think the drivers and teams just need that break just to literally and figuratively cool down to try and calm them down. Because uh, if they do get on kind of a, a grueling stretch run of races on a schedule, it does wear on them. It wears on their equipment. It wears on their bank accounts. And it wears on their emotions. So, again, a lot to take into account. But I think, um, again, without seeing financials or anything i think all the tracks around here that were able to run this weekend because it was dry uh decided to go ahead with their programs and uh i we appreciate from someone that works on the racetracks management side of well not management but as an employee of a racetrack and a race promotion uh thank you to all the fans and drivers that supported the local tracks this weekend and sweated their butts off and 
especially as someone saying this who usually works in an air-conditioned tower on a race night. Uh, although last night at Lancaster, our air conditioning was still not working in the tower, so I sweated out like the rest of you last night at Lancaster. Uh, but for everybody that came out and supported local tracks this weekend, thank you so much for doing that. And uh, it was just an interesting discussion this weekend, um, people talking about the tracks that did decide to cancel because of the heat. And there's just so many factors that go into making that decision. I hope any some of that made sense. I don't know. I just went rambling on that. Hopefully you understood my point on that. And uh, uh, again, thank you to everybody that supported local tracks throughout the region this weekend. Speaking of local racing, we come back. Clinton Jeffrey's going to join us. He is part of the... Uh, management team over at the Ashwikan Speedway. They've got a big show coming up tomorrow and Tuesday. We're going to talk to Clinton about that coming up next here on WGR's Fast Track. Hi, this is Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Still makes me laugh. 1131 here in WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. That was Brad Keselowski, today's pole sitter for the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. You'll hear it right here in WGR coming up at uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon, courtesy of the Performance Racing Network. Uh, IndyCar in action last night at the Iowa Speedway. Of course, they were in Toronto last weekend for the Honda Indy Toronto. Simon Pagino dominated that race last weekend, and it was another dominating victory for Penske Racing last night as Joseph Newgarden led 245 of 300 laps to win yesterday's race at the Iowa Speedway, the uh, short track of the IndyCar schedule at being seven-eighths seven of a mile long. Uh, Newgarden got the win over Scott Dixon, who finished second for the second straight race. James Hinchcliffe finishing third. Simon Pagino started on the pole, finished fourth. Spencer Piggott rounded out the top five. Alexander Rossi, Zach Veach, Graham Rahal, Sebastian Bourdais, and Tony Kanan rounded out the top ten last night at the Iowa Speedway. And that win for Newgarden, expanding his points lead over Alexander Rossi to 29 points uh, coming out of this event, uh, 487 to 458. Simon Pagino is now up to third uh, with uh, his win at last week at Toronto, and he's got three wins on the year. He has 429, so what that's uh, 48 points behind Joseph Newgarden doing math on the fly. Scott Dixon, Will Power round out the top five in IndyCar points. Their next race is next weekend at Mid-Ohio. Again, one that's kind of in the uh, n- neighborhood here in Western New York. I, I know, actually, my neighbor's going to that race next weekend, come to think of it. So uh, I'd be interested to hear how many other uh, race fans from this area uh, head over to Mid-Ohio. Not too far of a drive. Uh, not been directly to Mid-Ohio, but been through there. One time, The one time I went to Mansfield for uh, a NASCAR Modified and K&N East race. So it's definitely uh, not that long of a drive to head over to the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Complex. Uh, the interesting thing last night, though, about the IndyCar race, speaking of weather, and it, it's been hot in Iowa, but it's also been rainy in Iowa, and they actually did not take the green flag yesterday until 11.45 p.m. Eastern. I think it's central time out there in Iowa, but did not go green until 11.45. Then they had another rain delay, a brief one, that only about a half hour, 45 minutes. They got the race restarted about... 10 quarter after midnight here eastern stand or eastern daylight time and the race finished about quarter after 2 a.m this morning and uh some crazy uh late night racing and interesting to see indycar do that versus what nascar did uh a couple of weeks ago at daytona with, with justin haley and uh, the decision to, to end that race now again drawing a track like iowa versus drawing a bigger track like daytona I've, again i know it's kind of not 
apples to apples completely, but still interesting to see IndyCar try and stick it out, even uh, kind of not even worrying about TV and just getting the race in versus NASCAR's decisions a couple of weeks ago at Daytona. But again, not completely an apples to apples situation either. Um, as uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Clinton Jeffrey here from the Ashwikan Speedway in just a moment. And uh, actually, he might have a special guest joining him too. We'll find out here in just a moment. But again, just crazy that uh, IndyCar decided to press on and uh, without for, for full knowledge of the situation, but maybe just a guess on my part is they probably would have rather finished late, very late last night, early this morning versus maybe coming back today, uh, probably with the heat of the, they probably didn't want to run in the heat of the afternoon uh, today in Iowa, or maybe they just couldn't get a TV window on the, uh, it's probably, actually, that's probably what it is. They couldn't get a TV window on NBCSN with NASCAR running today. So that's probably had something to do with it as well. Um, but uh, IndyCar stuck it out, and uh, and f- fortunately or unfortunately, the TV partners do kind of take a lot of these decisions into hand. What was it, the race at, Mich- I think it was Michigan, right, or last month, where we had to run at 5 o'clock on a, on a Monday because of that's when it could get on Fox Sports because uh, FS1 had soccer on earlier in the day, so... Fortunately or unfortunately, the TV partners uh, do take into account a, a lot of things when it comes to scheduling mo- major motorsports in this country. With that, though, we're going to go to the Western Hotline and bring in from the Ashwikan Speedway my good buddy Clinton Jeffrey. Clinton, what's up, bud? Hi, Dave. Great to talk to you guys again. Thanks so much for having me on. And you have got a big show here over the next two nights as it's going to be uh, Tony Stewart, Christopher Bell, and Rico Abreu mixing it up with uh, your 360 sprint cars. Uh, it's got to be very exciting uh, to have a big show back out of Schwecken coming up this week. 100%, Dave. Uh, for us, this is kind of our crowning event of the summer along with the Canadian Sprint Car Nationals. But I look at this as a conversion event. It's a chance to bring a lot of new people in to see how cool our regular sprint car racing is. When you bring in the uh, three big guns, it draws a lot of outside interest, and we're super excited about Monday and Tuesday coming up tomorrow and the next day. And, uh, of course, Tony Stewart made history at Oshweekin. I was there that night, um, I don't know, what was it, six or seven years ago now, Clinton, but that Oshweekin Speedway is the site where Tony Stewart got his first World of Outlaws win. That was a great night. Yeah, I mean, I was at a party last night, and everybody was talking about who's going to be on top, and, you know, they're saying you can't count out smoke, even though Christopher's been such a, a, a firestorm lately, and, of course, Rico, a powerhouse wherever he goes. So we're excited to have him back. I think uh, – the camper started moving in on Thursday, and I'm headed up there now, and it's going to be a packed house as we get ready for two major nights. And uh, one of those other drivers is Christopher Bell, fresh off an Xfinity Series win at Loudoun yesterday, his fifth of the season. And is I, I'm getting a, a little message here. Is he with you or something right now? No, I just got off the phone with Christopher, and I knew I was coming on your amazing show. So I said, hey, can you do a radio show for me? And he's like, get him to call me. So if you want to talk to yesterday's winner, I'll uh, send you the number, and he's waiting by the phone for us. Okay, well we'll we'll uh, we'll squeeze him in in our last segment. So we'll when we're done, you can just text me that number, and we'll we'll make it happen. So hey, we're gonna get Christopher Bell on the show. Uh, Clinton, though, uh, besides the, the those three big guys, Enrico Weber too, who's a hell of a talent uh, in sprint car racing, uh, had a season or t- he's run some K and N and some truck series stuff too. But Rico is equally talented when it comes to sprint car racing. I think uh, I watched him in the Kings Royal last night at Eldora and some of the moves this guy makes. It's going to be exciting to see how he finds his way around Oshreek. And that's the one thing that caught me as an announcement after 24 years is 
when you watch the outside guys come in, they just take a different tack to the speedway, and it's great to see them. It was almost like us uh, Western guys when you see Danny Johnson come to a place like Maryville where you don't run regularly. Like, wow, we don't normally see guys go around the corners like that. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, tickets are only $30 Canadian, and I think that's a great price to see mm-hmm. the show we're going to put on. Um, we've got so much going on, seven divisions of racing over two days. And if you're here in Canada, of course, it's live on Math TV Canada. And we're working on uh, it'll be taped late in the States, but we don't have the dates yet. But we'd love everybody. If you've not been to Osh Weekend, this would be a fantastic opportunity to come up and check it out. And, of course, we'll be pulling out all the stops to put on the best show we can for everybody tomorrow and Tuesday. And those are two separate full programs for the sprint cars each day, correct? Yeah, we talked about making a combined day, you know, where you qualify one day. But uh, we felt because it was a weekday, just giving the guys two complete fresh programs and it's 5,000 U.S. to win, 400 U.S. to start, and we're expecting upwards of 45, uh, 360 cars. I think that's on the low end. I'd be surprised if we aren't over 50 uh, both nights with the 360 cars. And you got some great supporting divisions both days. Monday, uh, the late uh, late model open race, UMP modifieds mini stocks, and you have a great mini stock class there at Ash Weekend. And then Tuesday, uh, the Race of Champions 602 Dirt Sportsman Series. I, I know a little bit about those guys. Uh, the Action Sprint Tour and your Thunderstock Division, which is, uh, th- th- speaking of fun divisions, your Thunderstock class is a hoot, man. Yeah, the big thing with mini stocks and thunders is we've got that Ontario Dirt Competition Committee now, so we got five tracks on the same rules, and it's just starting to build the car counts really well. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're super pumped. And we basically had a week, and we looked at the, the shows that made made the money for us last year, and we put them all into one uh, home run, two-day double, two doubleheader. So we're super pumped about that. Uh, who Besides the big three, what are some of the other uh, notable names that are going to be in the sprint car field uh, coming up these next two nights? Well, of course, we've got our regular Ash Weekend guys who a lot of people watch regularly on the live stream and becoming stars. Mac DeMann, Dylan Westbrook, Scott Cruder from your end of the woods has been running real good at Ash Weekend this year. And then, uh, you know, we've got a lot of outsiders coming in. We're hearing the Poirier's possibly coming up from Quebec. I know uh, Clyde Knipp, a former World of Outlaw, is teaming up with Jordan Thomas uh, to come out of that ranks. we got Paulie Cole Giovanni coming up, who just uh, rocked everybody in the, in the New York Speed Weeks down in Central New York for the ESS. Um, Davey Franick's coming up from from the other end. So we're going to have a stacked field. And then even from the other end, I hear Jared Horseman and some of the guys from Ohio are going to head up. So we're uh, we're hoping for 24 cars. I think we're going to be closer to 50. Davey Franick, he has been killing it. He won the Patriot race at Ransomville, and he's he's just winning everything this year, it seems like. Him and Cole Giovanni is going to be a show to see them two strike it up. Never mind all the other stars we've got going on. And, you know, if you put our Ash Weekend class against most of these guys, our guys can run wheel-to-wheel with them. And, uh, you know, the heavy bet is, you know, who's going to run with Dylan Westbrook? Can, can Smoke beat him? That's the question. Uh, there's lots of, lots of great uh, debates going on right now in our neck of the woods. And then Tuesday, that Race of Champions Dirt Sportsman race, I mean, heck, you're right smack dab in the middle of the sportsman hotbed of the Niagara region. I'm sure that'll be a great turnout on Tuesday night. That should be a good show, too, with all the talented uh, crate sportsmen in our neck of the woods. Well, we started out as a sportsman track. We were dirt motorsports up until about 10, 11 years ago when we went sprint cars full-time and had to drop the sportsman as our full-time division. But, yeah, so we have a lot of history with the sportsman. I know a lot of our, our diehard longtime fans are super excited to have the sportsman cars back. I mean, Joe Scott Nick and his crew are always great to work with, so... The race of champions, we're excited to have them. And it's the only only one of two races uh, for the sportsman out last weekend. So we expect good car counts because they don't get uh, many chances to come out and play with us. 
ashwikandspeedway.ca is the website for more information. They have a very handy uh, info guide right on the uh, front page of the website and on their social media that kind of really spells everything out, all their policies, the full schedule and everything. Um, uh, last thing Clinton talked to you about is you do run every Friday night, but you don't need to go to the track to watch the action. You guys broadcast live on Facebook every Friday night, and uh, it's ac- ac- accessible to anybody around the world. And uh, you guys have built quite a following because of that. It's even led to some bigger stuff for you guys. 100%, Dave. And, you know, it's a big debate. If you give away your product for free, will people pay for it? You know, I think we t- we've taken the, the major sports uh, attitude of the television deals that the major te- uh, sporting brands have. You know, if we can get it out there and just show it off, and then we got to work to sell the ads to pay for it to cover cover the cost of it. But it has led to our Mav TV deal. Uh, we are now live on TV. Most Monday and Tuesday are going to be coast to coast across Canada, and they basically just take our feed and run with it. So we're super proud of what we built. But yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. If if you can't make it out this week, uh, you can still watch qualifying up until nine o'clock when we when we switch over to live TV both nights. So if you're thinking about coming up Monday or Tuesday, or Check us out Monday for qualifying. Maybe we can drag you out Tuesday. But if you can't make it this week, every Friday uh, that we race, which is we're actually off this coming Friday, so every other Friday, but this Friday, <laughs> check us out online. Uh, just go to the website, find us on Facebook, and uh, you know, be one of the 20,000 viewers who's watching us weekend, every week. And it, it has been great for us, Dave, and uh, we're going to continue to grow our live stream. The angles we've got, we've got cameras in tech, we've got speed shots, I've got a mobile camera on my buggy. It's not just one guy on a roof shooting it it's worth checking out uh the production quality itself is awesome plus you've got the best announcing team in the business you adam ross and greg kalman well (laughs) coming from a guy like you that's high praise as we all appreciate your (laughs) your talents as well but you know what i think um the best i i can't go and say that but the most relaxed and the most fun maybe yeah (laughs) you really have a good time and i don't i as the manager there i don't pull the reins back on those guys at all i i tell them just be yourself and i think the first time we went on tv this year we were kind of a little stuffy and we all talked about you know we we didn't really do our thing so the second broadcast we came out and we were just we had a great time with it and uh greg and adam i can this is how much i love my job dave I, I work at the races from, like, noon until 2 in the morning, and then I go home and I watch the entire program again until 6 in the morning, <laughs> unwinding, because I just love listening to my partners announce, and it's, it's so much fun. So come on out and see us this week. We'd love to have you out there. If you've never been to Washington, and to, to our American listeners, your money's worth so much more. 30 bucks is like, what, a $22 ticket? Come up and see some of the best, and I promise you, we will uh, make it worth your while. Yet he's still married, folks, and has a wonderful family, and he spends all that time at the races. Clinton, uh, <laughs> we will let you go. Why don't you uh, send me that information, and I, I guess we're going to be talking to Christopher Bell in a minute. We appreciate that so much. I hate to cram it down your throat. Just He called me at the last minute, and I said, hey, can you do a radio? He's like, yeah, man, let me know. So perfect uh, send-off. So hopefully uh, you know, he says some good stuff and gets some people out for us. So. All right. Have a great day. Dave, are you going to come up Tuesday? Uh, I would have. I, I Fortunately, I got a new job, and I just can't duck out early to, to make it across the border in time. Uh, but uh, I know uh, Joe and the rest of the ROC staff will be up there, and I'm sure a lot of race fans in Western New York will be making the trek across the border. I'm, I feel bad I got to miss it, but I'll, I'll at least check out some of the action on Facebook. All right. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. Thanks to all the listeners for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you Monday, Tuesday. All right, Clinton, thank you so much. Clinton Jeffrey from the Ashwikan Speedway, uh, ashwikanspeedway.ca. And uh, we're going to go to break here. I guess we're going to talk to Christopher Bell, and we'll also try and uh, work in the local racing roundup. But uh, NASCAR Xfinity driver Christopher Bell, apparently when we come back here on Fast Track. 11.50 here on WGR's Fast Track. Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo, and we're going to go right to the Western Hotline and bring in 
He drives in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing. He's a former winner of the Chili Bowl Nationals, and he'll be in action the next two nights at the Ashwikan Speedway. Christopher Bell joins us on the line. Christopher, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for the time here on short notice. We appreciate it. First off, uh, congratulations. Your fifth Xfinity Series win of the season yesterday at Loud, New Hampshire for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, quite the effort from you and your team, and congrats on the win. Yeah, thank you. My guys have been doing an extremely good job bringing really fast race cars to the racetrack, and uh, it's a pleasure to go race with them. And I'm really excited about getting to Oshweekin Speedway this week to uh, have some fun dirt track racing and meet, meet some new fans. Yeah, as I said, a former winner of the Chili Bowl Nationals, you are a, a true sprint car guy, much like uh, Tony Stewart and Kyle Larson, and you're going to be up racing with uh, Kyle and Rico Abreu, or Tony and Rico Abreu the next two nights, and I'm sure this is just like a fun fun thing for you to get to, to go back to your roots here the next couple of nights and do some sprint car racing. Yeah, absolutely. I love sprint cars, and I've actually never got to race a sprint car in Canada, and Oshweekin Speedway is a wonderful facility so i'm really excited about the opportunity to go race in canada in front of a new group of fans here and hopefully put on a really good show have you talked to uh, tony at all about the track or i'm sure i know you've been i know you've been talking to clinton jeffrey but uh what do you what do you think about the facility just from what you've maybe uh heard or i'm sure you've seen some videos on the internet too yeah absolutely it, it always puts on a really good show so uh i'm excited to get there that the, the the facility is a beautiful facility, and uh, like I said, I've never been there before, but I've watched a lot of video about it, talked to people about it, and uh, it looks like a wonderful place. Uh, the 360 cars, you're, it's going to be uh, quite the field on top of you, Tony, and Rico be there, but Clinton says they're ex you know, expecting somewhere around 40 cars, so I mean, you're going to be showing up there, but uh, you're really going to have to work to probably make that A main field. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a great group of racers, that's for sure, so... I'm excited about giving it my all, man, and hopefully we can come up in, in victory lane and uh, take some pictures at the end of the night. So you'll be up there uh, Monday and Tuesday night. Real quickly, though, I know uh, you'll be back this way in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Xfinity Series uh, kind of hits the road course stretch of their schedule coming up, and you're going to be up here for walk the race at Watkins Glen the first weekend of August. Uh, what do you think about road course racing the Xfinity Series and specifically Watkins Glen International? I, I really enjoy road course racing. I don't have a ton of time doing it, but the, the few races I've done, I've really enjoyed. And uh, Watkins Glen was a little bit of a struggle for us last year just because we didn't get any practice, and that was my first time to the racetrack. So I'm excited to get back there and hopefully get some more laps before we go racing this time. Well, Christopher, uh, appreciate your time here. Again, thank you for doing this on short notice. I, I'm sure you're trying to have a nice off day here in between uh, races, but thank you so much for the time, and uh, best of luck uh, at Ashwikin this week and the rest of the season in the Xfinity Series. Thank you. Christopher Bell drives for Joe Gibbs Racing on, in the Xfinity Series. Again, he'll be at the Ashwikin Speedway tomorrow and Tuesday night running a dirt sprint car. Uh, you can go check out both or either event uh, Monday or Tuesday. They start racing at 6.30 both nights, so uh, plenty of time to get out of work. And again, it, it's not a far ride across the border looking from the Peace Bridge. It's about an hour and a half or so. Um, and it takes you right into the uh, the Six Nations area there of Ontario. It's a great facility. Uh, I've been there a couple of times, as I said, when I saw Stu Tony Stewart win there in a World of Outlaw Sprint Car, and uh, been there for the uh, Super Dirt Car Big Block Modifieds. But they've got full shows both nights, too. You'll see Sprint Car Heat and Feature both nights. Uh, Monday, they've got uh, late uh, Dirt Late Models and Mini Stocks and UMP Modifieds. Tuesday, if you're a fan of 
the sportsman cars that run around here at Ransomville and Merrittville, the Race of Champions Sportsman Series will be part of the show Tuesday. Plus, they've got uh, crate sprint cars as well. So they'll have two divisions of sprint cars on Tuesday. And uh, their street stocks, which they call thunder stocks, which put on a great show there at Ashwick, and they get a big field of those. So, again, either day, uh, worth going to check out if you can't see both days. And, again, both days as well. It'll be Tony Stewart, Christopher Bell, and Rico Abreu uh, competing in the large field of uh, three, uh, 360 sprint cars. And uh, someone to keep an eye out if he's there both nights will be the 49 car, Scott Cruder, who we've had on the show before. He's got a feature win there already this season. He drives for Trey Hoddick, and uh, they're based out of uh, airport collision there over in Chictawaga by the airport. Uh, they uh, Scott does a great job, uh, talented driver, has won indoors in the TQs and has had plenty of sprint car success too uh, with uh, the Hoddick Racing Team. If uh, Unless Todd's in the car, actually, I, it, it may, I don't know how many cars they're bringing, but if it's not Scott, it could be Todd Hoddick too behind the wheels, also one there at the, at the Ashwick and Speedway. So both a couple of great drivers. So hopefully you check that out. Uh, we're out of time, so I apologize. Won't have the local racing roundup, but uh, some great weekend, uh, great racing around the area this weekend. Coming up this Friday night, Spencer Speedway has got the Race of Champions Modified Series 100 lapper this Friday night at the Spencer Speedway, uh, along with a, a full weekend of racing throughout the region coming up uh, to wrap up the month of July. So hope you get a chance to check it out. We'll be back next week with more uh, Fast Track here on WGR. Thanks for listening. Fast Track with Dave Buchanan is brought to you by Genesee, the official beer of Watkins Glen International. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.